You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what is happening? It is your boy, your host, Sosa Cremendias. I am a fantasy analyst at Pro Football Focus and your host of the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams. Today's episode is brought to you by Bilt Bar. Go to BiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Welcome back to another episode here at the Locked On Rams pod. This is another fresh week here, another Monday episode, and we got actually a lot to talk about, some interesting stuff that came out over the weekend, over the last few days, that I've sort of gathered in terms of what the media is doing. I have two very interesting things to talk about, I guess, on today's episode. First is ESPN, Mike Clay. Every year, Mike Clay has a projection series where he tries to project every single team plugging in all the information and and all the relative data and all that good stuff into, I guess, his sort of model that he's created. And it spits out projections for, well, pretty much everything you can think of. Every player on the roster, their individual statistics, the team statistics, how a team might perform on a weekly basis versus their opponent. So all that good stuff. We have a lot to get through in terms of his projections. Always super interesting to look at. And then the final segment, I also want to dive into an interesting piece over at The Athletic. In that piece, they mentioned and kind of took a look at how the draft has worked over the last few years in terms of the fifth-year option deals on first-round picks. And that's going to be very interesting to talk about because, as we know, the Rams are not a team that values first-round picks as much as, well, pretty much every other team in the NFL does. So it's going to be interesting to see you know, whether the Rams are kind of on the right side in terms of how they value first-round picks or Maybe if they're on the wrong side, but we're going to save that for the final segment. And I do want to dive into the projections from my clay first. And we're going to look at this over the next two segments because it is very long. And we may as well begin at the offense. And he's broken it down. I'm telling you as detailed info as you could possibly get. Starting with Matthew Stafford, he has him going 399 completions on 610 attempts for 4,570 passing yards. 25 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. To be honest, I think the touchdown rate is a little bit low. 25 doesn't seem very high. Feels like Jared Goff was hitting that mark pretty much every season. And, you know, I do think Stafford is obviously more talented. I think this offense, just as a whole, when you look at, you know, the running backs, the receivers, the depth at that position, the tight ends, even the quarterback upgrade, that this might be, you know, arguably the most talented offense that the Rams have had, if not the most at least second after that 2018 one. So I'm sort of expecting Stafford to maybe get a little bit more touchdowns, but obviously, you know, that's very variable because a team might throw a pass on the 15-yard line and it might be a 14-yard completion where the receiver gets tackled at the one-yard line and then the ball is just handed off and scored as a rushing touchdown as opposed to a passing touchdown. So, you know, that passing touchdowns doesn't necessarily reflect anything all too serious, but 25 just feels a little bit low for me. I think Stafford is going to be able to be a bit more productive than that, but it is going to be interesting to see how that one shakes out. Moving into the backfield, he has both Akers and Henderson playing pretty prominent roles for the Rams here. Akers eclipsing 1,000 yards rushing with 1,067 on 251 attempts. Henderson only 96 attempts, 414 rushing yards. So, you know, a decent little duo there. The total running back room, 1,621 rushing yards. I think the Rams would happily take that, as well as 18 total touchdowns. I mean, that is a pretty productive backfield, obviously. And, you know, I think there is a pretty good 
Decent split there between Akers and Henderson in the 251 to 96 rushing range. Obviously, Akers is going to have more attempts as long as he is healthy, but I think it might be a little bit closer than that. But I do think this projection is pretty fair. And you look at the receiving 56 targets, two Akers compared to Henderson's 19. I think that is probably a bit more skewed in terms of Akers' direction. I would probably have that closer. Not necessarily 50-50, but maybe 60-40 in favor of Akers. But, you know, in total, looks like Mike Clay has the Rams running back room as a pretty productive unit, both in the passing game and the rushing game. And obviously, the Rams did invest in both Akers and Henderson, and I think both guys should get plenty of run. Looking at the wide receiver spot, probably the most interesting in terms of the Rams offense. Who knows what's going to happen here, right? So many good players. I mean, at the end of the day, it's going to be very hard to project, but... The way Mike Clay has it broken down here, 137 targets for Robert Woods. That is the most on the team. 131 for Cup, coming in right behind Woods with only six less. And then ironically enough, Deshaun Jackson with 50, Van Jefferson with 50, and Tutu Atwell with 44. All extremely close, obviously. You know, you look at the actual production. Again, Woods and Cup, extremely close. 93 receptions and 90 receptions. 1,043 yards for Woods, 1,050 yards for Cup, five touchdowns apiece. So, man, those guys are running parallel. It's so ironic how comparative their stats are. And, you know, the projection continues that line because there's pretty much no difference between what these guys are doing. And I think that makes sense because when you look back over the last few years, they've been running mates and their numbers have been strikingly similar. So, Obviously, a pretty good representation here if the model is projecting that the, you know, likely going to have them once in line with each other in terms of the statistics. I like that. Now, the remaining three names, obviously, the more confusing situation there between who's going to be the wide receiver three or, you know, how much these guys are going to rotate. Deshaun Jackson, 465 receiving yards, two touchdowns. Van Jefferson, 402 yards, three touchdowns. And Atwell, 367 yards and two touchdowns. So, All within 100 yards of each other. Jackson does lead the way with 465. Van Jefferson about 60 yards behind that. And then another 40 yards behind him is Tutu Atwell. I think that's a very fair projection. I too expect Deshaun to be, I guess technically if you look at the receiving yards or maybe the snaps or targets, that Jackson is probably going to be considered that wide receiver three and Van Jefferson coming in, you know, just very slightly behind him. And then Atwell coming in behind Jefferson in a more limited gadget-like role. I think that's very fair to expect. It's clear that Mike Clay's projections here also suggest that. So that makes a lot of sense to me personally. I think that's how you want to use these guys, obviously. You signed Deshaun Jackson to be that veteran for one more year prior to you know maybe his retirement. And you still have Van Jefferson, who's now going into his second season. So you want to slowly ease him in into more playing time. And then Atwell being the rookie probably going to see the least opportunities like Van Jefferson did last season in his rookie season. So that one just makes sense to me. And more or less, the tight end position, kind of quiet for the Rams here. Like it has been, well, ever since Sean McVay took over. Tyler Higby, only 47 receptions for 537 yards. And Bryson Hopkins, the tight end too, 24 receptions for 252 receiving yards. It looks like Mike Clay doesn't really expect much to change for the Rams in terms of their offensive scheme or structure because for the most part, this is really how the Rams have operated. Not a lot of usage or production to their tight end group, specifically that tight end one position. And then you look at the receivers. Once again, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, sort of running parallel, getting a lot of work together. And then the running back room, you have a guy who's going to 
basically lead the way in acres and have that almost workhorse-like type of usage and the guy behind him and Henderson, a lot less usage, but still getting sprinkled in here and there. And Matthew Stafford, 25 touchdowns, 12 picks. That is very reminiscent of a Jared Goff line over the last few years. And, you know, that's a fine line. But at the end of the day, is he going to have more? Is he going to have less? I'm not sure. But this does seem like it's very in line with what the Rams have been able to do from a scheme perspective, from a individual statistic perspective over the last few seasons on the offensive side of the ball. And now in the next segment, we're going to flip the page onto the defensive side of the ball, take a look at some of his interesting projections there, as well as how he grades the units in total. And while we've got you, make sure to come connect with us on Twitter for all the coverage you need on the Los Angeles Rams. You can find me at QB's MVP and you can find the page at Locked On Rams. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help even more. With a Credit Karma money spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma money has already given away over $3 million in instant karma to over 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting. Right now, visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com slash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning instant karma. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. Welcome back to the second segment here of this Monday fresh episode of the Locked On Rams podcast. This is your first episode of the week, and we're going to pick up right where we left off because we have plenty to get through here. My man Mike Clay over at ESPN has dropped his yearly, his annual projections for every single team in the NFL. So if you guys want to check that out, just I guess go to Google, type in Mike Clay Projections 2021 or go to his Twitter page. You can find them pretty simply, I'm sure. I want to look at the defensive side of the ball, maybe highlight a few names that I think are kind of intriguing here in terms of what Mike Clay has for the Rams here, as well as maybe the weekly score projections between their schedule and some of their unit grades as a whole. You look at the quarterback position, the passing, the all that good stuff. So starting at the defense, we got to talk about Aaron Donald. He's the number one player here. Mike Clay currently has him projected for 10.3 sacks on the season. That would be pretty much right in line with how he's done every single year of his career. No one in that D-tackle room outside of Donald has more than two, and that is Sebastian Joseph Day. And that makes a lot of sense because Sebastian Joseph Day, Greg Gaines, Ashawn Robinson, Bobby Brown III, all of these guys are nose tackle types, run stuffing types first. So you can probably expect that they're not going to be very productive as pass rushers. I very much agree with what's going on here. think Aaron Donald is going to lead the way and the gap between him and the next closest D tackle, man, that is going to be a huge one. Now, someone else is going to have to step up, obviously, for the Rams as a pass rusher because those other guys are not going to be able to do it. And that's what's going to take us to the edge position. Someone here is going to need to be an impact player. And it seems that he has Leonard Floyd once again making a pretty big impact for the Rams. Nine sacks coming off of a, I want to say 10 sack season last year. His first double digit sack season in his career. So clearly a nine sack season from Leonard Floyd would be a good one. I think the Rams would be happy with that after obviously paying him a big money deal. But the issue is not necessarily Floyd. It's the position outside of Floyd. You look at Justin Hollins, 2.9 sacks. Terrell Lewis, 3.4 sacks. Obo Okoronkwo, 1.9 sacks. Not really much of an impact there. Obviously, the Rams don't have much of an established number two edge presence. You're going to have a mishmash of guys. And you're really just going to have to hope that somebody kind of steps up 
in this role and seizes the job, and if not seizes the job, at least, you know, offers you a body that could be relatively productive. Now, based on the projections, doesn't really look like Mike Clay is expecting anybody to be a huge presence, and I sort of agree. I think it's arguably one of the weaker spots on the roster. You could probably make a case that, you know, outside of Leonard Floyd, it might be the actual weakest spot on the roster. So, Going to be interesting to see how the Rams play this one out and if any of these names can actually step up and sort of seize this role, but doesn't look all that great in terms of the projections. The linebacker room, you know, Micah Kaiser seems to have the most snaps here with 702. The next closest being Kenny Young with 378. Ernest Jones, third round rookie, only 259 snaps. And Traven Howard, only 32 snaps. I don't know if he got his number mixed up there with his snap count or what, because Traven Howard does wear number 32 now. But I can't disagree more with what's going on here. I just don't think the Rams are going to go into this season with Micah Kaiser and Kenny Young as the starters. Now, I don't know if he's necessarily projecting them as the starting duo or if he's just simply plugging them in as the starting duo based off of, you know, what the Rams did last year or what random depth charts around the internet like our lads have right now. I'm not sure if that's how they have it, but the Rams had the intention to start Traven Howard last year, which I'm sure he would have had that job over Kenny Young. So there's already one swap there. And you look at Ernest Jones, a third round pick. I mean, linebacker is not exactly a position that takes a while to transition into. It's not like the tight end position. So if Ernest Jones is not starting, I would honestly be shocked. I think with what he brings to the table in terms of the leadership, the IQ, the leader of men type of mentality, the being able to you know line up guys properly, lead a defense, call the defense, that's all stuff that you want starting for you and on the field for you every single snap. So I wouldn't be shocked at all if Ernest Jones, if you can sort of just swap him and Micah Kaiser in terms of the projections here, as well as Traven Howard and Kenny Young, it is going to depend on the health, obviously, but I'm sort of expecting that to be the starting duo at linebacker as opposed to Kaiser and Young, who were obviously the starting linebackers last year or were supposed to be after week one. The last few names here to probably pick out is the secondary, the most intriguing part of the defense, in my opinion, the guys that shouldered the load for the Rams last season. He's got Jalen Ramsey with 1.8 interceptions on the season, Darius Williams 2.9 and arguably the more interesting topic here, who's going to start at nickel cornerback? He has David Long with 508 snaps and Robert Rochelle, the rookie, the fourth round pick with 378 snaps. So clearly he has David Long as the guy that wins the nickel job and has the most reps there. And that's sort of what I'm expecting too, but it is going to be interesting to see if that ends up being Long, Rochelle, maybe a guy like Dante Dion who could spark that veteran style magic like Darius Williams, who's obviously bounced around a lot of teams, just like Dion. So could be a sweet competition there. It's going to be obviously interesting to see who wins. David Long has it in these projections and the safety room. Jordan Fuller leads the way 972 snaps. Taylor Rapp next up with 864 and Terrell Burgess behind him with 486. think that is very, very accurate because the Rams love to run three safeties out there. Obviously, they're going to have Terrell Burgess, I think, playing a little bit of that nickel spot, maybe not exclusively, but you know he's going to kick down every now and again, in my opinion, and play that. And I think the projections between the snaps from a guy like David Long and Terrell Burgess really does symbolize the fact that the Rams are likely going to let them split a little bit of time in that nickel spot with Terrell Burgess occasionally kicking down. Now, that does wrap up the individual statistics. Moving on to the team statistics here, which is maybe even more interesting 
He has the offense ranked as the 10th ranked offense in the league. The defense as 18th and the overall rank as 12th. That is pretty interesting. I think the offense does have the potential to be top 10. And I do think that they will be. So I do agree there with the fact that he does have them as a top 10 offense. Now, the defense coming in at 18 is just more regression than I expect. Now, they were first pretty much in everything last season. And first to 18th would be a huge drop off, obviously. Now, do I expect them to drop off? I do. I don't expect a repeat of that absolutely dominant first ranked defense that we've seen last season. But I do think that they can land somewhere in that top 10, maybe top 12, top 14, maybe at worst top 16. I don't know if they can drop all the way to 18. That's quite a big drop. Now, it does kind of you know make sense because regression on the defensive side of the ball is a lot more likely than it is on the offensive side of the ball. But at the same time, 18 just seems a little bit far. Now, the overall rank, 12th, I like that. I think the Rams are probably going to be better than that. I do think they're for sure a top 10 football team right now. But there is obviously a lot of projection here. A new quarterback, a new D coordinator, many new players. You lose a few veterans like Michael Brockers. So obviously, it's going to be hard to exactly project what's going to happen. But I do think this layout here from Mike Clay is very useful. And obviously, he does a great job. He has the Rams projected with 9.4 wins. That ranks 11th in the NFL. Again, a little bit lower than how I have it ranked. I think the Rams are probably going to finish in that 12 win range, maybe 11, 12, 13, depending on, you know, just how quickly they can kind of get caught up to speed and gel with the new players. But again, shout out to Mike Clay. This is a tremendous job. You guys should absolutely go check it out. And if you are curious, you can go look at every single team. He's got projections for every single team. It's awesome, completely in-depth. And you guys can obviously take a look at the names and the players that I couldn't drop because I do have limited time here. So shout out to Mike Clay. You guys make sure to check it out. Mike Clay's 2021 ESPN projections for the NFL. And that does wrap it up for his projections. Great stuff there. In the final segment, we're going to dive into an interesting piece here over at The Athletic, talking about fifth-year options and drafting in general. And while we've got you, make sure to keep checking back in with us throughout the rest of the week here at the Locked On Rams podcast. We're going to continue our off-season coverage for the Rams all off-season long. The fitness industry is incredibly confusing and oversaturated with BS. I'd like to think that my word holds a lot of weight as I've lost 155 pounds over the last two and a half years. And throughout that process, I was on the look for the best protein bar and finally stumbled upon the Built Bar. I'm telling you guys, this is the best protein bar on the market. There is not another one like it. The flavors are obviously tremendous. And not only that, but the texture is unlike any other protein bar that I've ever had. And I've tried all of them. Not only that, they are very delicious. They have nine different flavors. They're healthy, they're low in calories, they're low in sugar, they have 19 grams of protein per bar, they're high in fiber, and they even work for you on a keto diet. You'll even get a free cooler with your purchase while the supplies last. All you have to do is just go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, are Suns fans disappointed that they have to face the Lakers? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back to the final segment here of this fresh Monday episode of the Locked On Rams pod. And we're going to take a nice little pivot away from Mike Clay's projections and how the Rams are going to look in 2021. And sort of take a look backwards. I want to look at an interesting piece here from The Athletic written by Mike Sando formerly of ESPN, if you guys recall. 
he wrote an interesting piece based on how the draft works, obviously, and based on fifth-year options. Basically, every first-round pick in every single draft now has a fifth-year option on their rookie contract that the team can ultimately accept or decline based on you know how the player's performing. If they want to keep him for an extra year, they can accept it. Obviously, they can decline it as well if they're not playing so well. And looking at the 2011 through 2014 drafts, 59% of first-round picks had their fifth-year options picked up. If you look at 2015 through 2018, only 38% of those first-round picks have had their fifth-year options picked up. That percentage has dropped 21% from 2011 to 2014 and then from 2015 to 2018. Now, that does bring up an interesting conversation talking about, you know, are the Rams right to maybe sell some of those first-round picks like they have? If you look at, obviously, these picks, 19 through 32, that's basically all the playoff teams, right? The Rams have more or less made the playoffs every single year from 2017 onward and typically do make the playoffs and obviously expect to make the playoffs every year. So the picks that they have in the first round or pretty much in every round are going to be either from 20 through 32, depending on obviously how they perform in the playoffs. And with that being the case, you know, you look at the first round picks, their fifth year options, only 38% of these guys having their options picked up. That is a very, very low hit rate, obviously. And that does spark the conversation that, you know, the Rams trading these picks and valuing them less and actually valuing veteran players who have been in the league for a long time, varying in terms of how long and have proven themselves, guys like Jalen Ramsey, Brandon Cooks, Matthew Stafford, all of the guys that the Rams have traded, you know, one or multiple first round picks for makes a lot of sense now when you kind of look at it from a different perspective, because a lot of these teams, yeah, they're drafting these players in the first round and getting a lot of hype after the draft and, you know, getting these good grades and things. But at the end of the day, a lot of these guys are not having their options picked up. And that's because they're either injured, disappointing, not performing well, not worth the money or whatever the case may be, which kind of makes the Rams not necessarily right because there's no right or wrong in this scenario, but makes their approach much more interesting in my opinion. When you look at the teams broken down on a per team per franchise basis, the Rams in terms of all of their picks from 2011 through 2016 have a hit rate of 88% in terms of how many fifth year options they've picked up throughout their first round picks. Going back to 2011 through 2016, Robert Quinn did have his picked up. 2012, Michael Brockers did have his picked up. 2013, Alec Ogletree picked up. 2013, Tavon Austin picked up. 2014, Aaron Donald picked up. 2014, Greg Robinson not picked up. 2015, Todd Gurley picked up. And 2016, Jared Goff picked up. That places the Rams tied for third in the NFL with an 88% hit rate, basically, in terms of those fifth-year options picked up from their first-round picks. The only teams that have either tied that or superseded that are the Carolina Panthers, who were tied with 88%. The Houston Texans, who are first or tied for first with 100%, and the Los Angeles Chargers, who also have a 100% hit rate. Now, the Texans, the Chargers, the Panthers, not exactly teams that you want to model your successes off of. I mean, the Panthers haven't really been much of a playoff team at all. The Texans maybe made it once in, you know, the last four or five years, I want to say, but weren't exactly, you know, dominant or great. You look at the Chargers, again, I want to say one playoff appearance with that good year when Anthony Lynn won, you know, it was like 12 games or whatever it was, but not exactly all that great. So 
This is a super, super interesting piece. I would suggest you guys absolutely go check it out. It's very in-depth and it does break down just the risks sort of involved in terms of actually drafting these first round picks because they're always seen as, you know, this golden opportunity to go get this young player who's always thought of to be, you know, the next upcoming superstar. But more often than not, these guys are not panning out. And it does sort of give the Rams a little bit of leverage in terms of, you know, they're actually trading these picks. They're getting guys that they know are good players. Yes, they're paying them more because of the salary and obviously, you know, the rookie wage scale and all that stuff. But to some degree, there might be some certainty or some relief in just getting a guy like a Matthew Stafford or like a Jalen Ramsey who you know is proven, you know is going to do well. And more often than not, you know, the risks are much more mitigated as opposed to these rookies who you really don't have a clue about. And I mean, it just goes to show the Rams took Greg Robinson second overall and they took Aaron Donald 14th overall. I mean, the draft, this is why people call it a crapshoot all the time. It's not an exact science. It's very hard to predict. It's very hard to actually go get star players or very good players time and time again. It's really not possible actually because... It's just a simple game of whoever has the most picks and whoever does the best work is going to come away with the best outcomes, but nobody can ever come away with perfect outcomes. There is no perfect you know, front office or perfect projection for how these rookies are going to be. And I think that gives a lot more credence to the fact and to the idea that the Rams have of let's trade these picks, let's get veterans, and then let's fill out the rest of our roster with these mid-round picks, as many top 100 picks as we can. Guys like Sebastian Joseph Day, who... Our six-round picks, nobody looks at them like great players, but somehow we get them into our building, we develop these guys properly, and then these fourth, fifth, sixth-round picks become good role players for us around you know these superstar players that we traded first-round picks for. And ultimately, it's worked out well for the Rams. It's going to be very interesting to see how it works out this season in 2021 with the addition of Matthew Stafford. Was a very expensive player, cost two first-round picks and then some, obviously their own quarterback as well as some other picks, but... Going to be very, very fun to see whether the Rams ultimately are proven right here in their approach to be a little bit more aggressive. And it is going to be very, very fun to watch what Sean McVay can cook up with his new quarterback in his new offense in this season. That is going to do it for this episode of the Locked on Rams podcast. As always, I appreciate you guys for listening to another episode here. Make sure to check back throughout the rest of the week. We're going to continue our offseason coverage here of the Los Angeles Rams. And just a reminder, come connect with us on Twitter. You can find me at QB's MVP and at Locked On Rams. Please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.